Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11 today, and we're going to pick up right where we left off last week and really just dig around, dig around this, this topic of faith and challenge ourselves, encourage ourselves in the Word and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal some, some new aspects of faith in our lives. But we're going to shoot straight down the middle and starting in chapter 11 and verse 1, we're going to read through verse 12 to begin with. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We could stop right there. (laughs) The conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what was seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Verse 8. By faith, Abram, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants, as many as the stars of the heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Amen. We'll stop there. We'll pause there for a moment. Lord, we just we thank you for this, your word today, Lord. And I just pray that your word would just let faith rise up in our hearts today, Lord. Let faith increase by the working of the Holy Spirit, by the believing of your word your promises that have been spoken, Lord. And Jesus, we just give you all the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Faith is the assurance. And we're going to start today by doing some, some breakdowns of faith and some of these initial descriptions of faith here in Hebrews. But it says that faith 
is the assurance. And when we begin to look at assurance, faith is this, this firm foundation, not a theoretical foundation, but faith is the firm foundation. It's the foundation which is the actual substance, no different from the concrete foundation that one would pour to begin to build their house upon. It's the, the same as a foundation that you would begin to construct a high-rise building upon. Our faith is the foundation which we are to build upon. The assurance, hear me today, the assurance of our faith is not the results of our faith. We'll pause there for a minute. The assurance of our faith is not, well, let's wait and see what our faith produces. And then we'll begin to build upon this foundation. But the assurance of our faith is in place long before any results come into sight. Faith itself, the assurance thereof, comes from the truth that God is good. His love endures forever. His kindness is real. Again, not just theoretical, not pie in the sky sort of good God, but real, tangible good God. We go on from the assurance, and when we think of assurance, I want you to think foundation. Assurance, foundation. We go on from there to evidence. In the passage that I read in the ESV, it says the conviction of things not seen. In New King James and other translations, we go with the word evidence. And so we say that faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of I love that word. I would go with conviction over evidence. They're both strong. But conviction portrays that it's something that has gripped your heart. Something that has gripped the reality within you. It's a conviction, a deep-seated conviction that's downloaded by the Holy Spirit, when He comes and makes His residence within us. We mentioned last week that all men and women have been given this measure of faith. And when we're created, and this measure of faith is activated in our life when we believe in Jesus. As the Word of God tells us that the righteous shall walk and live by faith and not by sight. So therefore, this assurance, this foundation, this evidence, this conviction of one's heart that God said it and therefore He will do it. Five people think that that's good news. The conviction, I'm going to say, I'm going to just read that one again. Maybe I'll change my tone a little bit. The conviction of one's heart that God said it, which means that he will do it. Ten people say amen. All right. The conviction is the proof. The conviction itself that the Holy Spirit has convicted our heart is the proof that it is so. Not waiting to see it. Not waiting to touch it. But the conviction itself is the proof. 
2 Corinthians 5, 7. I just quoted, but I want to read it directly from the word of God where it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Let me say it again. For we walk by faith and not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Thankfully, the word of God says, doesn't say that we drive by faith and not by sight. (laughs) When you get behind that wheel, please open up your eyes. But what's my point in saying that is that there's still so many, if not the majority, of just day-to-day going forth, coming and going, that has to pertain to our sight. We see things. We get behind the wheel. We begin to drive. We go to the, the grocery market. We begin to look, and we begin to choose things a lot of times by sight, sometimes by our, our nose, sometimes depending upon how hungry you are when we get there. But sight plays a part, and I'm thankful for the physical, natural ability to be able to see. I'm reminded of that every day. There's a gentleman on our street that, that every day he's doing his exercise with his walking stick. And every day he's out there walking the street and I see him and haven't been able to meet him yet. But I see him and I'm just, I'm just thank you, Lord. He seems to be a happy, jolly fella just doing his exercise, walking around, walking the street. And I'm just reminded almost every day now going home of the blessedness of having eyesight. Don't want to take anything for granted. We are a people who, who just, just by nature of being so well provided for, that we can just happen to fall into taking things for granted. I don't think we have a, the evil motive to take things for granted. I don't think we wake up every day and say, what can I take for granted today? Right? But we fall into this mindset of just not proactively being thankful for all the provisions that God has poured into our lives. Being absent or being in the body is to be absent from the Lord. And part of this walking by faith and not by sight is that there is a groaning. Actually, the eyesight and the things that we see and feel and hear and smell, the things that, internal things that, this, this is part of this groaning that we actually have to walk through. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 2, for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. There is a groaning that does take place, and and I do want to differentiate between the, the groaning of wanting to be clothed with something greater than, than, let's say, anxiety or fear, which we'll get into in just a moment. A groaning within us is, is the desire to be clothed with what we have believed and know and put our faith in to be in this life and for eternity. We're groaning because we believe. I want you to see that. I want you to, to, to sort of be able to relate and differentiate because we're going to ask the question in a moment, am I in faith? We're going to go there. We're going to try to go there. Am I in faith? Because that's apart from that prayer of salvation, this walking out by faith and not by sight is something that we have to do every day. Amen. In this groaning that we're experiencing in our life, again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 2, there is a groaning that we are experiencing every day. It's this, it's this inner, 
Oh, how much longer, Lord? And that's not doubting. That's not complaining. That's yearning. That's waiting. That's hoping. And we need to differentiate that between the, the, the anxiety of, oh, is, is God really, really going to do what he said? You see that we're starting to differentiate the difference a little bit. Because you feel that in your body. You feel this, this, this yearning and groaning for something, for something more. And sometimes we can, we can misinterpret that as just being impatient or, or not believing good enough or well enough. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring. Earnestly. So we're groaning earnestly. That probably looks like something if, if I was to act it out completely. Groaning earnestly. Desiring to be clothed. I mean, we start to talk about, if we were to just be thorough here in this first passage in Hebrews chapter 11, we can't pass up the fact that verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. The universe is a creation. Creation is a doctrine of faith. Remember, we established last week that faith belongs to the righteous. People can believe a whole lot of things in life, and those whole lot of things, as I've said a couple times, those whole lot of things might be okay for life, but they don't do for eternity. I have to just keep on eating on that, chewing on that one. Just because people believe different things, whether it's religions, philosophies, things about life, it does not make it faith. Because faith is reserved for the righteous. Faith that God put in everybody, but when the man or woman open up their heart to the Lord and that faith is activated, the only place that that faith is then placed is in Christ. Faith is for the righteous. And so we look at creation and we, we put that in the context of 2 Corinthians 5, 2, and it's not only the people of God that are groaning, but creation itself is groaning, waiting for that great day, that revelation of the sons and daughters of God. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Where faith is reserved for the righteous, all those who are not living and walking in faith are still living and walking with the blinders of the world upon them. The blinders of the God of this world. And it's only faith in Christ that opens up our eyes. Our eyes are opened. If there needs anybody in this room who just needs to, to know this today and believe this today, eyes and hearts are opened. Faith is activated when we put our trust in Jesus Christ alone. When we do that, our eyes are opened to another reality. We continue in Hebrews. Actually, we're going to reread and then we're going to continue in verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to a place 
that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. (laughs) Am I in faith? We're going to get there in a moment. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him. Remember we said last week, Abraham saw two of the innumerable descendants that were promised to him. Heirs with him of the same promise, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Let's ask ourselves the question of am I in faith? At this moment, we're we're not specifically talking about salvation faith. We're talking about being a saved people, washed by the blood of Jesus, but yet having to live every day, walk every day, keeping ourselves in faith every day. You see, faith is not something that one is having to work up every day and trying to Get yourself to believe it again today. Come on, go. You can do it. You can do it. Get in faith. Get in faith. Get in faith. Abraham was in faith in his going. Let me say that again. Abraham, the father of promise, even the father of faith. He was in faith in his going. He got a promise from the Lord. He stepped out and started the journey. You say, How do we know Abraham was in faith? Well, because Abraham started going towards what was promised. He started going. Having no idea where he was going, he started going anyway. How many times with, with faith and whether whatever it is that we're believing, again, I'm talking to us as saved men and women of God. Yet we're all believing for things. If I was to ask right now, we'd all raise our hand. We're believing for miracles. We're believing for promises. We're believing for restoration. We're believing for salvation. We're believing for all sorts of things throughout this house, all of which require faith. All of which, all of us, have the faith that is required. You don't have to get the faith. You have it. You possess it already. Abraham stepped out and started walking out this faith journey without any clue as to where he was going. Does that sound familiar to anybody in the house? Out having a clue. You say that sounds a little like blind faith. You can call it what you like. He believed the Lord, and he started the journey not knowing where he was going. Listen to this. Abraham was living in the promise as he was journeying toward the promise. He was already living in the reality of the promise without ever having set foot in the promise. Without ever having all of the descendants manifested before his eyes 
Every day of his life in faith, he was living in the promise, which meant that living, am I in faith? It's living in the promise with our hearts being at peace with that which the Lord has spoken to us. From his word, in some cases, his rhema word, which I'm still of the mindset, 99% of the time is, is still directly from the word. That 1% is that sort of paraphrase of the word when you get a word. Are you with me? Are you with me with that a little bit? I hope I didn't lose anybody with that one. It's all the word. It has to be backed by the word. But just to say that the majority of the time, that direct word and rhema word is something that comes and speaks to us directly from the word of God. That 1% is still backed by the word of God. Faith is both confirmed and increases in our life. As we trust the Lord in route toward the promise. It's both that conviction and that foundation which we're building upon as we're journeying. Let us not make faith into a system of metrics or a system of results. Faith rises up in our heart more than it is worked up in our heart. Being in faith, as we ask ourselves the question today, am I in faith with what I'm believing today? Am I in faith? Being in faith is first and foremost being in relationship with Jesus And living right before God, our Father. So we ask ourselves the question, am I in faith? Is this faith or is this something that I'm trying to work up? 2 Corinthians 11.30 says, If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. So if we have anxiety, anxiety is both not faith, but don't get too discouraged yet, because it is weakness. Anxiety is weakness. Somebody say amen. I know, we're stretching, we're stretching a little bit. Relax. If I must boast in anything... I will boast in my weakness. You see, too many times we take something that might not be the might not be faith, but yet we disqualify ourselves just because we're still on this journey of faith. We disqualify ourselves because we're like, oh well, I'm I'm doubting, or well, oh I'm I'm anxious again today, or or well, I'm I'm not at peace today. Or, well, I'm, I'm in fear today. And we all know that fear is not of the Lord. Fear, just another manifestation of weakness. If I must boast, I'm going to boast in my weaknesses. Meaning to say that we all are keeping ourselves in trusting that faith is not something that we're generating from within based upon how well we're doing it. Come on with me, somebody today. Faith, your faith in believing for the promises of God is not nullified in your life based upon how well you're faithing it today. The faith that God has placed in you has come alive because the Holy Ghost has been poured out in your life. We have to quit in all of our going into work 
works and legalism. We have to quit bringing faith and living in it and walking in it and asking ourselves, are we in faith? We have to not make that into a whole system of works and metrics within itself. Are you hearing me today? It's supernatural. It's grace upon grace. It's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's Jesus meeting us in our weakness. It's continuing to journey towards something even before we see something. Because it's the foundation. Because it is the evidence, that conviction of our heart. You see, faith has the ability to see what can be, even when what can be is not yet. You can see it. You've got the peace of God in your heart, and you can see it almost as if you can touch it. And you ask yourself, well, am I in faith? Well, faith is the ability to wait in peace until that which you see comes to be. Waiting in peace. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy in peace in believing. Our believing which is result from having that faith of God within us, that you may abound in hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Not how well you can turn that wheel in your life. Crank that wheel. Turn that wheel. Keep it flowing. No. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Faith comes by the word of God in the presence of Jesus. This all, this journey started last week when we were talking about spending a day with Jesus and how spending time with Jesus and spending a day with Jesus changes our perspective on everything. Faith increases when faith happens in our life. See, I got a few testimonies today that one of which is, is just completely embarrassing, so I'll, I'll embarrass myself. Faith increases when faith happens. When I, when I got saved, now I'm going back, obviously, you know, just, just a few years, but when I got saved, I'd come from a, you know, a messed up life like most of us, like all of us actually, but maybe a little bit more messed up than some of us. But like I said, it doesn't matter. The grace that saves us is all the same. I had, I had things, physical ailments in my body as resulting from how I lived. Relationships that I had, things, I had things in my body that, that I was dealing with. I got saved, I started serving the Lord, and, you know, started believing God for, you know, a a future, a wife, a family, and I wasn't even thinking about it until some months went by, I think even longer than that went by, and all of a sudden, I, I just realized one day, faith increases when faith happens, I just realized one day that I was walking in healing And I didn't even know it. Didn't even know it. The things, the symptoms that had been happening for for years just just stopped. They just, I got saved and the symptoms went away. But I was so oblivious in my new faith walk that I literally forgot about it for a long time. Until all of a sudden I realized it. And then like it took a while. Then it like, oh man, this became, this, this is a testimony. I'm, I'm healed. And then all of a sudden I realize, okay, now my faith is increasing because now faith just like happened in my life. Didn't, wasn't trying to work it up. It's just God is faithful. His timing, his, his way, his plan. Next thing you know, I'm walking 
in healing. There was a second part of it, though. At some point, I can't remember when, at some point, being realizing that I was completely healed, I also was gripped with a sobering, reverent fear. At the almost, I mean, it wasn't simultaneous, but it was like it was, it was, it was into the not so distant future where I realized I was healed. But I also realized, you know, as the the Word of God teaches us, it says that an unclean spirit goes out of a man, and he says, "I will return." If he finds him empty, the last state is worse than the first. I realize I need to keep myself filled with Jesus and keep myself away from all those things, lifestyles, people, substances, anything that led me into that to begin with because the the latter state of the man is worse. You want to know why I don't touch alcohol, why I don't touch cigarettes, why I don't touch any sort of substance, why, why I stay, I keep, you know, as far as I can from, from other ladies and all, it's because a holy, reverent fear gripped my heart. At the same moment, I realized of God's faithfulness in the healing that he brought into my life. I said, I will never, by the grace of God, go near any of that ever again. It's not a legalistic, it's not a legalistic set of list of things not to do. No, this is a deep-seated conviction that I was changed, transformed, given a new life, healed, made whole, everything changed. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere near any of that. Are you crazy? That's my conviction. That's where my conviction, that's one place where my conviction comes from because of the work of faith in my life. You see, another aspect of faith, when we kind of ask ourselves the big question of, am I in faith? And and by the way, I'm not giving you an answer to that question today. You're going to have to figure that out for yourself. Am Am I walking in faith with whatever you're believing God for, we have to remember that we only see in part. Everybody say, I only see in part. The righteous shall walk by faith. In 1 Corinthians 13, 2, it says, Now we see things imperfectly. If you walk according to your eyes and even according to your own desires and feelings and things. The righteous walk by faith and not by sight. Sight is not only what our eyes are, are seeing. Sight is all the things that our senses can detect. Faith is operating outside of the realm of our senses. So therefore, Corinthians says that we see imperfectly. That means that how we're seeing people, how we're we're discerning situations, how we're, we're feeling about certain things, all these things are imperfect. Everybody say imperfect. This is a journey. It's a faith journey. Abraham left and started journeying in faith to the place where he had no idea. It's a faith journey becoming clearer and clearer as the sun rises to its noonday position in those early morning hours. It's it's foggy. It's hazy. You can't quite see things. It's like, my goodness, being in the The swamp at 5 a.m. in the morning, it's terrifying. (laughs) I don't know where that just came from. I just got all nervous. I just started thinking about actually, actually, I don't mind being in the swamp at 5 a.m. in the morning. I hate being there at 8.30. 
because that sun's not coming up in 30 minutes or an hour. You got to get out in the dark or wherever that came from. Got to have faith in the swamp now. The desires of our heart are imperfect. The desires of our life are imperfect. In Corinthians, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then, not now, then, we shall see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. 13, 12, I'm sorry. 13, 12. Imperfect. There has to be a humility in this faith journey. Knowing that things will become more and more clear as we walk down this path of faith. Being willing to be wrong. Being willing to have to admit that we are wrong or even change our mind. I'm going to share with you the most embarrassing example today. Bear with me. It's really embarrassing. When my wife and I were in China and doing well there and the Lord meeting us and all, we used to say amongst ourselves, (laughs) it's embarrassing, right? (laughs) I should make you get up and say this. We used to say amongst ourselves, we would say, man, the last place, if we, for whatever reason, we knew China was going to come to an end eventually. We hoped and prayed. We had the promise of China. We still have the promise of China, but we still knew in our heart that there was going to be a time to run, and then there was likely going to be a season where something else had to give, and it did. During that time when we were running, we used to say to ourselves when we talk about it, we'd say, man, the last place that we will ever move and the last place we would ever start a church is America hold up don't you don't you go let me tell my own unless you're gonna get up here and and tell it embarrass yourself build the suspense a little bit it gets worse no it gets real bad I'm I'm trying to build up the confidence right now because it gets real bad We'd go further than that, and we would say for whatever reason, because we're, we're native, you know, New Orleanians, not North Shoreans, but I'm South Shore. She's partial North Shore, partial South Shore. But we would say, in the last place in America that we would ever plant a church is the North Shore. <laughs> I'm, that's as far as I'm going to go. That's as far as I can handle. That's as far as I can handle. Unless you're getting up and telling something more. Well, <laughs> all right, she said it. And in the last place on the North Shore is Mandeville. I'm telling you. I mean, this is just this is just real stuff. I mean, this is this is faith journey. Because before I go any further, before you get up and leave, it's like, we're out of here. This dude doesn't even want to be here. No, 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 no. Hold, stay, stay with me for a moment. Stay with me for a moment. I mean, as many of you know, when we first started, we made sure. We were pretending for like a few months. We made sure it wasn't Mandeville. We got down the road a little bit into, into Covington, right? It's completely embarrassing. But here's the thing. 
we can't today. I mean, we don't know what the Lord's going to do. I don't want to say anything that's not completely true. We don't know what the, the, the future holds. None of us really do. I mean, we've thought so many things so many times. But today, me and my wife, we can't see ourselves anyplace else. Because of what the Lord has done and how the desires have aligned with the plan of God. It was humiliating. It was a humiliating, breaking process to have to come to the decision. Yes, mother, go ahead, set up the appointment. I'll be there on October 17th to go to that house closing that my mom picked out and, and that we were going. It, it was a breaking process to come into and to say, you know what? I was wrong. All those years, I had said that so many times, arrogantly, pridefully, proudfully, I had said that so many times and I had to come to the, I had to come to the realization that I may have missed something along the way. It's a faith journey. It's a faith journey. And along this journey, we're going we're gonna to do hopefully a, a lot of things right. And, and there's going to be times where, where we miss it. And those desires of our heart are going are gonna to be constantly, constantly realigned with the plan and the purpose of God for you individually first and then for your family and for those whom you are responsible for. It is a constant journey of that sun just coming up in shining more and more brightly until there's, there's complete clarity before your eyes. Are you starting to get a little bit something else about faith today as we all journey and we're always asking ourselves the question, am I in faith? In Luke 18... 16 through 8, and we'll close with this last passage. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? Verse 8, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Faith has us living in this temporary reality. Yet, with our eyes filled with an eternity, eternal reality that is soon upon us. The question really is, is will Jesus find faith in your life? All the way to the end, not just today and not just if you get what you think that you want or need, but will Jesus find faith in each of our lives Today and until the end and or until the day that he bursts forth from the sky, will he find faith in our lives? Faith being displayed in so many different ways in our life. The thing that stands out the most to me about Hebrews in chapter 11 is verse 13 where it says that these all died in Faith, not having received the things promised. When you 
breathe your last breath. Now, yeah, we're going there. When you breathe your last breath, when you take that final These all died in faith, irregardless of the things that were promised coming into reality in their life because it didn't matter. Because they already believed it. They already believed it way over here. It was already done. The foundation of our life being built upon faith, the conviction was already the evidence. So all we had to do was journey out the days that we were given upon this earth so that when we come to the last and we make that final exhale, that Jesus found faith in each of our lives. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and stand to your feet if you would. Hallelujah. As you stand to your feet, just open up your hearts. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're just stirring it up, just stirring it up, stirring up faith, stirring up faith in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm going to ask you right now, just right where you are, would you just simply humble yourself with me? Humble yourself as as I have had to do numerous times, more so in the past eight years than probably the previous 28 years, or I've done it better in the past eight years maybe than in the first 20. But humble yourself today. Humble yourself before a mighty God, laying down, laying down those things in our life. Hallelujah. Laying down anything in our life that would that would get in the way that would that would hinder us from just trusting the lord from having faith and just allowing the faith of god the faith of christ the faith of jesus hallelujah just be an increase in our lives thank you lord lord we just humble ourselves before you today jesus hallelujah we just humble ourselves before you lord we Just lay our lives down, God, once again. Lord, we profess today. I want you just to profess with me today. Say, Jesus, you are faithful. 